We're sitting right now in the home of the Quinault Nation. This has been our historical village since the beginning of time. The Quinault Indian Nation, located about 150 miles west of Seattle, has experienced severe flooding due to sea level rise over the past few years. And it's only going to get worse, as the sea level along the Washington coast is likely to rise two to three feet by the end of the century. Two years ago, we had a big surge of tide and rains and everything kind of combined during the king tide and the water wasn't going out and the, with these waves were coming. When it does flood, unfortunately, my end of the street has a large dip in the road and the water will stay for up to a week at a time. And so I'm basically either trapped or not able to come home. So now the tribe has a plan to relocate the entire town of Tahola, where Frenchman lives, in a town just north called Queets, just a mile up the hill. Quinault is one of three Native American communities to receive a $25 million grant from the Department of the Interior for climate-related relocation efforts. We haven't really ever done this before as a country, relocating entire communities in response to climate change. But 25 million is just the tip of the iceberg. Quinault construction manager Ryan Hendricks estimates that it will cost about $450 million to build out all the necessary infrastructure in the upper village, where he hopes that all tribal members will eventually live. But he can't force folks to relocate. We have tribal members that have just recently paid their 30-year mortgages off, and they're not looking to get into a new mortgage for the next 30 years. If I want to move, I'm assuming that I'm going to be responsible for a whole new house payment and a whole new home, and I don't really know how I'm supposed to do that. A lot remains to be worked out, but with the new village in the early stages of construction, there is still time. This is our home. It's always been. We don't want to leave this place, but there has to be a way to, to work it where we're safe. Communities throughout the U.S. face myriad climate-related dangers, from increased extreme weather events to sea level rise. One study found that by 2050, nearly 650,000 parcels of land will fall below the tideline, evaporating over $108 billion from the U.S. property market. Marginalized communities like Native American tribes are often hit particularly hard, as climate change threatens lands that are key to tribal identity and livelihood. Such is the case with the Quinault, whose culture revolves around their proximity to the river and the ocean. We received over $460 million in funding through the bipartisan infrastructure law and the Inflation Reduction Act to help tribes respond to the threat of climate change. The need across Indian country is measured in the billions because we see a lot of tribal communities are really facing challenges from flooding, coastal erosion, wildfire, drought. Some of these communities need help adapting to the changing climate, but can stay put, while others, like the Quinault Indian Nation, will need to relocate altogether. This is something that the tribe has talked about internally for nearly a decade, since the ocean first breached the community's seawall in 2014, causing extensive water damage. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers helped repair and reinforce the seawall, but then massive flooding inundated the village again at the beginning of 2021. And I think that the big rise in tide two years ago, where the waves were breaking over these homes here, was a real eye-opener for everybody. Like, oh, whoa, this is like real stuff. Leah Frenchman lives on First Avenue, the street closest to the ocean. When those floods started happening every year, it was kind of like, okay, this street really is done. First Avenue is literally in the ocean at this point. 
and Kayla Mayo lives right next to the river, in the same house where her grandparents once lived. I feel like the river gets higher than it used to. Like it comes up straight to the bank and it's kind of eroding the, the bank alongside here. The homeownership model in Tohola is different than in most of the U.S. in that folks like Leah and Kayla own their physical home, but not the land that it sits on, which they lease from Quinault's government. This unique situation could influence what types of buyouts and relocation funding homeowners might be eligible for. In 2017, Quinault adopted its master plan for relocation. This involves moving just a mile away, up an adjacent hill that sits 120 feet above sea level, well outside the tsunami and flood hazard zones, but still close enough to the river that fishing and canoeing can continue to play an integral role in tribal life. We're probably looking at an easy, you know, one, a decade gap here from the start of the development of the master plan to today's construction with all of the, I don't want to say politics, just due process more to jump through the hoops and check the boxes and all of the reports for uh, NEPA and SEPA. That's the National Environmental Policy Act and the State Environmental Policy Act. The first phase of construction in the upper village is nearly complete. This work has been paid for with the Quinault Nation's existing funds, including $8 million from the 2021 COVID stimulus package and $500,000 from the Indian Health Service. Right now we see them installing the last of the sewer line and the water line. Uh, the majority of our phase three power uh, has all been installed. Um, all of our fiber optics have all been installed. So I, I think within the next month, all of the digging will be done and then they'll be shaping the yards and laying everything down for roads and driveways and uh, they should be asphalted really quick. Phase one of the relocation also involved building the tribe's new Generations House, which was inaugurated in 2021 and houses the nation's senior care and child care centers. Now, the tribe is looking into how to best allocate the Department of the Interior's $25 million, as well as an additional approximately $5 million or so from the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. And the next phase of that is to get uh, nearly 50 homes built on that site and allow community members to start moving there. They're going to look to construct a new school on that site as well and make that a real modern new hub uh, for that village on their reservation. But we want to make sure that they're the driving force, that they're designing their relocation program and their plan. The tribe recently qualified for an additional 50 million state-provided seismic safety grant that will help them to rebuild their K-12 school on higher ground. Phase two of the relocation effort will also involve constructing government buildings and other essential services in the upper village. The only thing that I'm gonna miss is the view of the river, but other than that, you know, I'm up the hill for work and pretty soon the school is gonna be up there, so my youngest kid will probably be able to go to the new school whenever that's built. I think once there's a lot more of our government buildings up there and there's a lot more things happening up there, it will start to feel more normal that that is the new place where we're gonna start doing things because it really just is still so busy in the lower village. But even as flooding threatens the lower village year after year, full relocation will be a lengthy process and will involve an ongoing search for funding. Timeline-wise, what do you think we're looking at? That's a good question. That, that's one answer that I haven't came up with. I would think within the next decade, I'm, I'm hoping that this project behind me will be at least 75% of the way through. I would think that all the government services would be moved up here and then uh, the majority of the houses to, to have been developed and uh, people living inside of them. 
However, even if construction in the Upper Village continues apace and the necessary infrastructure funding comes through, there's still the open question of how Quinault community members are going to actually afford to move themselves. I have a good job, but I don't know that I have a good enough job that I could afford you know, a brand new home like that. <laughs> and that, that really scares me and that really concerns me. But at the same time, my job as a parent is to make sure that my kids are in the safest you know, places as possible. And I think it's just very apparent and very like obvious that our street is no longer that safe. Modular and mobile homes in the Upper Village are projected to cost about $200,000, while conventional homes will be between $300,000 and $400,000. Do you think there's the potential for financial incentives that would make it easier for people to buy a home or break their mortgage or whatever it may be? I'm, I'm hoping we could come to a conclusion on that. There, there would definitely be a, a, a humongous need of funding to be able to fund something like that, but it almost has to become a reality or, or something really close to that option. I do still have the option of the home loan myself, but it still is pretty scary when I think about it because that's me on my own and I just don't know if I want to take on that big of an expenditure when my home is already paid for. <laughs> and we, we know we ain't going to hand people houses for free. You know, there, there has to be some sort of play on how that happens, whether we write off cost of what their current house is appraised at and then they would only pay the remainder or what. I mean, we have to work up some options. President Kapoman says the tribe is looking into how buyouts and buybacks of homes in the lower village might work, as well as what funding sources, federal and otherwise, could be available. Overall, it's just one of the many unknown but growing costs when it comes to relocation. We do estimate that the cost of uh, relocating tribal communities in response to climate change is going to be over $5 billion just in the next 50 years. And we also know that the longer we wait, the more expensive that's going to be. The Department of the Interior's grant to the Quinault Indian Nation, as well as to the Newtok Village and Native Village of Napakiak, both in Alaska, are intended to serve as demonstration projects for future climate resilience efforts, providing the federal government with a blueprint for best practices and helping it to develop strategies for interagency coordination. When you're talking about moving entire communities, you need roads. In Alaska, you need airports. You need people to have access to financing for new homes and new home construction. There are a number of agencies that are involved across the government in this work generally. FEMA and Department of the Interior are the leads for these particular projects, but we've also been coordinating with agencies like the Department of Transportation, Department of Agriculture, Department of Energy. The Department of the Interior is also distributing about $40 million in funding to eight additional tribal communities that need assistance with adaptation or are planning future relocation efforts. And the Quinaults are thinking about looking beyond the government for additional sources of funding as well. The private sector, you know, there's another pool of funds there. And if, if we're able to get out there and tell that story, you know, not, not only at the state level, at the national level, at the world level, but at the private level, then that, that's going to, I think, really help for all tribes, you know, to be able to move, be able to do what they need to do to protect themselves. Though Quinault's relocation efforts are still in the early stages, construction for Phase 1 is expected to wrap by the end of September. After years of discussion, the reality of the relocation is starting to sink in for the community. But when it comes to climate change, the reality and its impacts have long been obvious. When you see these big changes happening right outside your front door with sea level rise, with the flooding, 
How does that influence the way that, you know, you personally think about climate change? Oh, it's definitely, uh, uh, it's not even a reality check. It's become so kind of in your face confrontational. You know, it's a, it's a question of how could we temporarily remedy this for safety of the community? And then there's the bigger picture of how can we pull away from this for, you know, the safety of generations to come. I see it actively happening and I know it's happening and it's undeniable, but I don't know how to make people care unless it directly affects them.